Hey, I'm Asher. And I'm Jackson. And what you're about to listen to is strictly confidential. You know how when you get a, a new dog, or probably a child, but I only know dogs, when you get a new dog, you have to potty train them to an extent? You gotta do that every time you get a new child, too. Yeah, I, I've never picked up a child, but uh, a, a dog, this is my second one, and we've had to potty train him, but he will, his only real flaw right now is that he poops in the house a decent amount, and he's getting better about it, but he also farts, and oh my goodness, as somebody who has had bowel issues in the past that have led to fart issues, this dog just one-upped me in every category. Well, I'm proud of us because we never jumped directly into fart jokes, but we sort of like gradually eased the audience into it. We always talk about our pets, and this is a nice transition piece into the disgusting potty humor that we've been wanting to do this whole time. You want to hear a funny a funny anecdote I have about body humor. And my mom would laugh at this if he, if she ever listened to my podcasts. So my sister who does listen to it will enjoy this, but I guess I never allowed you to answer. Would you like to hear the funny anecdote? I don't think I have a choice. Great. Uh, you don't. One time, I think it was Thanksgiving, probably let's say 2014 or 2015 when I was back in Austin with my family, we did this thing where we would watch Bob's Burgers as a family, but my mom doesn't like bathroom humor. So every time bathroom humor appeared in the episode, we would go to the next episode and just skip the rest of that episode. And so if you were looking at our Netflix queue, you could see exactly how far in each episode had a bathroom joke in Bob's Burgers. And some of it would be before even a word was said after the uh, <laughs> in the opening song, Gene would press a button on his keyboard and it would go. And it like, it was amazing because as a family, we got to sit there and play this game using America's best television show. And it was just a blast. You got to, ha- you got to watch Bob's Burgers and collect scientific data that allowed you to aggregate and like accurately derive an average, right? Like the average time it takes to get to a fart joke in Bob's Burgers. Every person loves data, right? Yeah. I I feel like every person loves data, but nobody ever talks about it. Because I know that when I see a chart, I think, "Mm, I'm so ready to see what this chart says. Every time. And I know that everybody I've talked to about that has said, oh yeah, me too. But I feel like it's surprising to me. And I've still never met somebody who says, oh no, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't care less about charts. No, people love charts. What people hate is PowerPoints, which unfortunately is where a lot of charts end up. But mm. on their own, they're fascinating. They're good. They're good things, especially if used as jokes. Too bad that is entirely a visual medium and we are entirely an audio medium. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's transition time and I'm excited for this. <laughs> Well, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not storing a lot of information. We're actually going to talk about RFID. Is that the way we're supposed to pronounce it? Is it not RFID? I don't think 
Rafid is a cool enough acronym to justify it. I, I feel like there is a disparity between the coolness of acronyms that work as words and acronyms like YIMCA that don't really work as words. The YMCA. Although YIMCA is kind of fun to say. YIMCA is regrettably not a great uh, example because YIMCA works. Whereas like PUC, which is the acronym for PC, doesn't work nearly as well. <laughs> I'm going to log into my PUC. Are you a Mac or a PUC? <laughs> I'm going to head over to the YIMCA after I log into my PUC and enter my GAPA. Mac obviously standing for my awesome computer. Obviously. And PUC obviously standing for... Um, Pother computer. God, I'm cutting that for sure. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay, maybe my week is transition yet. We're going to get into some facts about RFID and RFID scanners. And then, before you get too bored, I will quickly pivot that into conspiracy. Great. Can you give us the... Are you going to give me like an explain like M5 version? Because I genuinely could not tell you what an RFID is right now. Yeah, an RFID, I have a pretty concise explanation about RFID from the company ABNR. Uh, ABR.com, if you want to check that out, they sell RFID technology business to business. Um, it is as boring corporate blue as you could imagine it to be. But I'm going to start instead with just the wiki to give you the most dumbed down version I can. If you keep trashing them like that, they're going to stop sponsoring us. <laughs> so RFID stands for radio frequency identification. Okay. It uses electromagnetic fields. And I know that's a scary word, but hang in there. It automatically tracks and identifies tags attached to objects. Pretty general there. The tags contain electronically stored information. These are passive tags and they collect energy from nearby RFID readers, called interrogators, not ominous, using radio waves. So active tags have a local power source, such as a battery, uh, and can operate hundreds of meters away from an RFID reader. Unlike a barcode, the tags don't need to be in, line, in the line of sight of a reader, right? I mean, you have, you've seen the cashier struggle to perfectly line up a barcode in the checkout line. And now that every store, every store has a self-checkout, you've also experienced the struggle of getting the barcode lined up just right so that you can actually get the information from the barcode. You don't have that trouble with RFID. It doesn't actually have to be in direct sight with the reader, so, which means it can be embedded directly into an object. So... Would a surface level example of this be those tile tag things? Where Maybe. I don't, I don't know exactly, but if I attach one of those tile tag things to my keys and then connect it to my phone, um, the tile thing I don't think has any kind of battery, but it emits a signal that I can pick up with my phone in case I lose my keys. Yes, that sounds like it. The more common use of this, though, would be your pass at Disney World. You have the band that now is completely ubiquitous. You use it to pay, you use it to get into your room, you use it to get in line for rides. Illicit drugs from Goofy. It's an all-in-one device. They want to make it as seamless as possible. Uh, you don't even have to stop by an ATM. Goofy don't need cash. Goofy lives his entire life selling and dealing exclusively with Mickey Bucks. Mickey monies. Mickey... What? Do they... 
I'm sure there's a currency. I just assumed it was monies spelled with a U a la Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I've never been to Disney World. Ah, okay. Never been to Disneyland. And that's why I've never smiled. Hmm. That integration of RFID into like you can use. I mean, often now they'll be in just hotel room keys. You ever notice that you used to have to slide the room key inside the lock and now you just kind of hold it up and it'll click green and let you in. Uh, that's because it's using RFID technology, which does not require direct contact and does not require a direct line of sight. What that means most usefully is, like I mentioned before, it can be embedded inside of objects and still be read just fine, which is why that is the exact technology that's used for animal identification. If you've ever adopted a pet, and I know for a fact that you have Jackson and probably most of our listeners, and you get them vaccinated and chipped, this is the chip they're talking about. It's a microchip that stores some basic information about the animal and I assume what vaccines it's had. So if it ever gets lost, they can just scan the chip and learn a lot of essential information about that animal so that they don't give it anything it doesn't need or anything that's potentially harmful. So this is a question that you may not have the answer to, so I may be just asking it to the void. But my dog, Eugene, absolutely has one of these RFID chips in his body somewhere. Is there yes. any way I can access the data that is attached to that in from my own personal computer or equipment that I have? Or is that something exclusively a vet would really have access to? No. Actually, although RFID is expensive enough that we don't really use it on commercial products, still using barcodes on everything you buy in Walmart, because that's just way cheaper than embedding RFID in every device and every product and every package. Uh, that's only on a mass scale, though. It's pretty dang affordable when you look at it individually. You can get an RFID basic kit for $50, right? And if, and if you remember from going to the vet, getting your pet chipped is like five bucks. It's really affordable. The technology is not secret. You have access to what is needed to read these chips. Okay, um, because I don't know if the vets are doing some kind of special encoding or whatever. I doubt it because the point is that if you pick up a stray, the vet can read the chip and get the information they need. So presumably it's pretty universal. The reason I ask is we got Eugene from a somebody who breeds and sells French bulldogs in Austin when we were in town. And we thought everything was pretty, pretty normal. Everything was pretty typical. But as we were leaving with him after we had paid and everything, they handed us a passport for him. And the passport was entirely in Slovakian. Whoa. And so I would want, I want to know when he came to America and what his life was like before he was, before he immigrated, I guess. So we got a basic idea of how RFID, what RFID is, but how does it work? And this is where it gets the most technical. And this is where I'm hopping over to ABR.com. They say RFID belongs to a group of technologies referred to as automatic identification and data capture. Okay, makes sense so far. AIDC methods automatically identify objects and collect data about them. And they enter that data directly into a computer system with little to no human intervention. So RFID methods utilize radio waves to accomplish this. At a simple level, and I hope we stay there, RFID systems consist of three components. An RFID tag, or smart label, that's the chip that's going into Eugene, mm -hmm. an RFID reader, and an antenna. 
what and that looks like is really just two components because most of the time the antenna is actually embedded in the tag. Oh, wow. They have an integrated circuit and an antenna, which is used to transmit the data to the reader. So the reader converts the radio waves to a more usable form of data. Okay. So why are we using this technology specifically to track animals when we have way more sophisticated tracking data that we can use in our, like from our mobile phones, right? Like we have GPS that pinpoints our location and can transmit way more data. The answer is that RFID and the main selling point is that the chip is completely passive. There is no power source on the chip. That's why you can put one inside a FIDO and years later, presumably you haven't been plugging in FIDO at night. He's just been doing his thing. It'll still work and can still be read is because it is it does not require any power source to store and transmit data because the power source it's, it needs is the radio frequency from the reader. Right. So it doesn't it doesn't need any kind of like I could see it potentially feeding off of like warm energy from the dog, but it doesn't need anything like that even. No, and that would be a very, very small amount of thermal energy you could pull from the dog. Right. Uh, but this also, remember, is being used for inventory in for, and for like keeping track of just commercial goods where you're not having any sort of thermal kinetic energy being produced. It's just sitting there for years and mm -hmm. it still works because the power source is the radio frequency that the reader is sending out to the FR RFID chip. Okay. Okay, that's great. That's super useful. It's actually used in a lot more things than you might think. It has a variety of applications, such as access management, tracking of goods, tracking of animals, toll collection and contactless payment, machine-readable travel documents, smart dust for massively distributed sensor networks, airport baggage tracking logistics, the enslavement of the human race, timing sports events, and tracking and billing processes. Wait, so... Uh, go back one. Uh, how does it time sports events? Great question. I don't know. <laughs> transponder timing, a technique for measuring performance in sports events. A transponder working on a radio frequency identification basis. It's attached to an athlete. Athlete. Made sure I put all the syllables in there. All 11. And it's a unique code that is detected by radio receivers located at strategic points in the event. The RFID chip passes by a reader at different points during like a marathon. And that's how you can get really precise timing from start to finish. You don't have to have someone standing by with a stopwatch with an itchy trigger finger, giving you a time that's almost certainly several milliseconds off. That makes sense. Now back to your excellent joke that I tried to ruin. <laughs> <laughs> so how can this be used for nefarious means? That's what we're most concerned about here. Although it remains a bit too expensive to replace barcodes for retail businesses, this coming from Rational Wiki, it's cheap enough that experimenter kits are available for most any big hobby electronic seller. And it scares the living crap out of the tinfoil hat crowd. Mm-hmm, that makes sense. Let's go to the group we all love to hate and hate to love, United States Christian fundamentalists, specifically those who are obsessed with the Book of Revelation. And it's Revelation to Arfid chips somehow people who uh read the book of revelations literally instead of as a collection of metaphors like it was meant to be well they're looking for any excuse to call something the mark of the beast 
I think we've talked about monster energy drinks and the 666 mark of the beast. And I don't think I really have to explain that to the listeners because everyone knows that's the sign of the Antichrist. And it is within Revelations. It more or less says like everyone who wants to function within society and be able to buy and sell goods has to receive this mark kind of like property of Satan, but just shorthand to 666. Mm -hmm. Even though some translations of the Bible say that it's 616, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, right. A long time ago, there was this, this same fear of barcodes being, a, being used as a secret mark of the devil. Whereas barcodes could hide that infamous number 666. Same thing now just applied to RFID. Imagine if you could, as we've seen, it works with animals. Implant a chip with the encoded data 666 into a person's skin. Think so, about how you need the, Wal the Walter Disney World Fast Pass to function within the micro society of Disney World. If you don't have the Mickey Mouse band, you can't buy food, you can't buy lodging, you can't do anything. Imagine a world in which to even purchase bread for your starving family. You have to embed the mark of the beast into your own flesh. I get the step they're taking and saying, okay, see how this works at Disney World? What if this worked in our entire bodies the way it works in sci-fi movies that never perform well in the box office? I get the this step one, taking it from, okay, the transactions you make with Goofy, we're going to make those with everybody and it's going to be embedded in you so you don't ever have to worry about it. The second step of making it satanic is the step I'm not entirely connecting in my head yet. Well, I think they are rightly assuming that most people aren't going to line up to get 666 tattooed on their foreheads. So they're always looking for more subtle ways for that to happen. And who is looking for this? Um, you know, Christian fundamentalists, conspiracy theorists who don't know how to interpret the book of Revelation. Unfortunately, there's more of those than you would hope. Although public perceptions about RFID may have just been colored by works of fiction, you know, The Blacklist, Babylon 5, like you said, movies and shows that don't typically do very well, uh, they've been fictionalized as tags that are implanted inside of people. And in reality, tracking someone generally requires a powered transmitter, which is something that most mobile phones can do. So if you wanted to track someone, tracking them by their phone is usually the best way to do it. And RFID gear is simply not capable of doing that. A little more on that later. Uh, some people are all for the RFID implant of chips on people who are into the idea of transhumanism, which is basically, wouldn't it be cool if we were all cyborgs? People who get a little too gung-ho and a little too excited about Google Glass, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're, they're more than eager for the robot uprising. And they want to become, at, they basically want to push the envelope of human-computer interfacing. RFID chips would be a way to do that. Maybe not the best. But for the non-fundamentalist perspective, other conspiracy theorists just don't like the idea of the United States government being able to track us. Right. It's, there's no, there, the process of embedding a chip into a person and into a cat, no different. It's the same thing, and it's quick, it's cheap, it's relatively painless, and it could happen without you even being aware. When's the last time you got a shot, Jackson? Do you know what they put in you? Uh, I cannot tell you the last time I got a shot, uh, but no, I don't. 
I've had my tonsils taken out, so I'm done for. I had my ankle repaired earlier this yeah. year. So I You've know- been to a hospital, so they already have you. It's too late for you. Thankfully, though, we're not born with microchips inside of us, so just never take your child to the doctor. Uh, except I've also fallen asleep once before. So, you know, really, who's safe? Nobody. All right, what's the nail in this coffin? I've always got one. I think you like to leave it a little more open-ended than I do. I like to destroy these at the very end after I spend so much time building them up. The brilliant, beautiful thing about RFID is that it doesn't require a power source. If we had these microchips implanted on our skin, we wouldn't have to plug in every night. It would just be there inert until the signal that reads it powers it. The thing is though, this occupies a very, very, very narrow radio frequency. So it wouldn't be useful outside of like, how narrow, like a hundred feet or bigger than that? Well, the, the band that unre unregulated radio frequencies occupy, you get 120 to 150 kilohertz. That's completely unregulated. Uh, you'll remember though, at Disney World and the hotel you stayed at last, the card that you use to get into your room, you, even though you technically don't have to touch the card to the reader, most of the time people just slap it on there because you have to get it within 10 centimeters for the reader to work. Wow. There is RFID technology that has been developed in, by, uh, I, I wanna just say the government, but that's irresponsibly vague. There is RFID technology that pushes the absolute limits of the range from which you can read the chips, and we've gotten up to a whopping 30 feet. Okay, so basically what you're saying is all of this nonsense about being tracked by the government based on RFID chips would require a government official to be standing in the other room from me right now. Yes, there would have to be a man in a trench coat wearing dark glasses with a radar gun pointing it directly at the chip that's embedded into your butt. And at that point, he's gonna use, um, I don't know, his five senses to see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I, uh, cool. <laughs> I feel perfectly safe knowing that what they did to my ankle is not going to get me taken by the government. You feel perfectly safe, but it still hasn't persuaded, uh, it still hasn't completely calmed the fears of United States legislatures, legislature is a hard word. Legislature. In fact, uh, the embedding RFID chips into people is banned in several states, including Georgia and California. And Virginia famously bans the microchip implants for, for the specific purpose of preventing people from being marked with the mark of the beast. Uh, at least that's what's rational wiki said, but this is why now I click on the source links and read into it a little more like I'm supposed to. And I learned that famously Virginia representative Mark Cole, uh, he was quoted as uh, pushing this bill that banned microchipping people out of fear of the mark of the beast thing, where actually what he said was, quote, my understanding, and I'm not a theologian, but there is a prophecy in the Bible that says you have to receive a mark or you can neither buy or sell things during the end times. Some people think that these computer chips might be that mark, but they leave off as the end of the quote, which is, I just think people should have the right to their own bodies. Hmm. So he was really just against the idea of government mandated microchipping. He didn't really care about the mark of the beast thing. He just brought up that some people think that that's what it is. 
And then he was unjustly slapped with the um, fundamentalist conspiracy theorist title. Um, but yeah, there are plenty of ways to track a person. RFID is just a terrible way to do it. Throw your phone into the ocean, but don't worry about getting microchipped. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not super worried about it. Really, if anything, this kind of makes me want to get an RFID chip because think about not having to have like an ID for when like you're taking you rush to the hospital and you have a chip that has like your blood type, basic con emergency contact information, things that hopefully they could get from my wallet. But I don't know, maybe that was flung from the crash site. Well, I think the ideal is like the best case scenario for this, if there are no problems with it, is in your wrist or something is embedded an RFID chip that has everything that's in your wallet. So the idea is that this wallet is replaced by something tiny in your body that I think in an ideal world, you would be able to embed stuff into like I could right now on my iPhone, I could attach Apple Pay through a credit card I have. The idea would be that somehow through this RFID chip, I could attach that credit card there and walk into a store, say, say it's somewhere I need an ID, they could just scan my wrist and see, okay, yeah, he's over 21, is going to buy this PBR and with the credit card that is also attached to his wrist. Obviously, that is a best case scenario, ignoring every possible flaw with the program, but I think that is the ideal people would want with it, right? Yeah, you're talking, that's the gateway to transhumanism right there. The upsides of making our way towards being cyborgs. Although, if we're talking about what we actually want as us being cyborgs, I would much rather just replace my left arm with a cannon. <laughs> I think before integrating, like, being able to search things on Google with just a thought, I want at least my left eye to glow red. I want one of my fingers to be able to fire a bullet. I want my every action to be prefaced with go-go gadget. I want my middle finger on my left hand to also function as a flashlight. Go-Go Gadget iTunes. Go-Go Gadget play Glenn Merle. He's the guy who wrote our theme song. It's called Threadbare. It's off the album Burner Proof. Even if you don't have cybernetic technology embedded into this fragile husk that you call a body. Even if you've not made the transition into a superior life form such as I, you can listen to Glenn Merle's music at glenmerlemusic.com or any place that streams music. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram handle is Strictly Confidential Show, and we post Instagram stories there. We post about every episode. We post about some past episodes that we haven't talked about much, like the Flat Earth episode is one of my personal favorites. Do you have a personal favorite, Asher? My favorite sode? Your favorite sode. Um, man. Or just one you think about a decent amount. I think about Spring Heel Jack a lot for some reason. He's left a permanent mark on my psyche. Well, that's a good one. It's a good episode. I would recommend that one. That's my recommended soda of the week. Check out Spring Hill Jack. We have an archive now, my man. We do, and it's an extensive one. We have a respectable backlog, which is what my, which is what the plumber told me. No, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I've been looking. <laughs> I'm looking at your plumbing, and what I see here is a respectable backlog. <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud of the crimes you've committed. Uh, that sucks, but I'm keeping it in. <laughs> if you have a best friend, tell him to listen to this show. First, we are butchering this outro. But first, 
Before you have a best friend, if you would like to send us anything ever, we've got an Instagram at... Nope. <laughs> if you would like to send us anything ever, we've got an email at strictlyconfidentialshow at gmail.com. I think we're both dehydrated. I need to get some electrolytes in my body. But if you have a best friend, stick the landing. Come on, finish strong. If you have a best friend, tell them to listen to this show. If you like it, they probably like it because you guys clearly have similar tastes. And word of mouth is the best way to grow. Say it every week and it doesn't get any less true. Yeah, I think that's all we do. I think that's all we do. So until next time, I've been Asher. And I've been Jackson. And you've been listening to Strictly Confidential. And as always, give me a second. RFID, more like RFI dumb. This show is a train wreck. <laughs>